The following program may contain coarse language, violence, nudity, mature subject matter, or scenes which may not be suitable for all viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is The Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. On the internet, our website is exxoneradiotv.com. On all social media sites, TV. And if you'd like to send an email, exxoneradiotv.com. My guest this hour is all the way in South Wales in the United Kingdom, where he's uh, up in the middle of the night to share his, uh, his views with you, Exxon Nation. Jason Chapman is his guest. He was born in the United Kingdom in the South Wales market town of Abergavenny. Gavinay, how do you say that? Abergavenny, Rob. Oh, that's easy for you to say. In 1970, Jason had always been fascinated by science and the unexplained. During the 90s, he researched a lot of UFO sightings, both in the UK and the United States. Now, in 1995, he embarked on a road trip to the state of Nevada to learn the truth about Area 51. A massive fan of the X-Files and Dark Skies and science fiction, Jason started to write in the early 90s articles for various UFO and paranormal-themed magazines. In 2012, Jason set about writing the Angel Committee, developing an entire franchise focusing on the UFO phenomenon and the government cover-up. Jason has also written short stories called Tales from Majestic, set in the wake of the Roswell incident of 1947, and a spin-off from The Angel Committee. He is currently working on the sequel novel, The Angel Conspiracy, as well as developing other writing projects for publication. Joining me now from South Wales in the United Kingdom is Jason Chapman. And Jason, good morning. Well, actually, good evening uh, to you in Canada. Yes, it is morning here in uh, Great Britain. It's uh, just gone 2 a.m. Wow. Tell me something, Jason. Now, what was it that, that... that thrust you into your your love for the for the paranormal and UFOs and ex, and the search for extraterrestrials. Um, well, I've always been a I've always been a believer mm-hmm. uh, in UFOs, and um, I firmly believe that we're not alone in the universe. I think what um, thrust me into it was the first time I watched Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh yeah. Uh, I was totally blown away by it, and um, it just got me so hooked and interested on the subject of UFOs. 
I started to get into it at an early mm-hmm. age. I bought some books uh, when I was 10, um, and I've been hooked ever since. Tell me, have you ever seen a UFO? Um, no, I, I'm afraid not. I have never seen a UFO or had any kind of uh, alien encounters, mm-hmm. although I've spoken to people who have, and uh, some of their stories are very interesting. Um, other stories you've got to take with a pinch of salt. Now tell me, what is the Angel Committee, Jason? Uh, the Angel Committee uh, is a novel uh, set in 1952. Um, it's set in the wake of the 1952 UFO, Washington UFO flap. Mm-hmm. And it's set in Great Britain, and it follows a Cambridge professor who's one of Churchill's chief scientific advisors. And um, he basically is asked to chair a committee um, whose key task is to investigate UFO sightings across the UK. And he soon finds himself uh, knee-deep in aliens and KGB and CIA agents trying to acquire alien tech and um, learn the truth themselves about UFOs. Jason, do you think that there is, in fact, a government conspiracy around the world to suppress the truth about UFOs? I think there is, although, you know, we live in a time where it's hard to put Mm -hmm. our finger on what exactly they are covering up. Um, Stories like uh, Roswell and Rendlesham Forest do stand out amongst others. Um, There's been plenty of instances, incidents throughout the last 70 years where very credible witnesses have come forward and uh, told their stories about close encounters of the third kind, uh, first, second, and third kind, including astronauts. Um, even Buzz Aldrin has mm-hmm. um, hinted at the fact that you know, there's some kind of ongoing cover-up um, at NASA and uh, the rest of the U.S. government. Yeah, the, there's a lot of questions that, that remain unanswered, and I believe that it's... It's these unanswered questions that fuel the conspiracy theory. Uh, I'm sure if there, if the veil of secrecy was to be dropped and national security was not at risk, I, I'm sure that a great number of so-called UFO sightings would be explained. However, I still believe that a very small proportion of all UFO sightings would remain unknown. Jason, stand by. You and I have to take our two-minute commercial break. We'll be right back. Exonation. Nation, Jason Chapman is our very special guest of this hour. Um, here's his blogspot, angelcommittee.blogspot.co.uk, and on Facebook, theangel.committee. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Jason Chapman and I will return on the other side of this two-minute commercial break. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. 
Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. disease that you would like to alleviate through a natural means? Have you been contacted by angels, ghosts, or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara, and I'm offering my services free of charge for first-time clients contacting me during the month of April. These free consultations include angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you have always wanted to explore these types of experiences but were skeptical or simply could not afford them, then take advantage of this free special offer. Contact me through my website, aguidinglight, spelled L-I-T-E, dot com, to schedule your consultation today. Until then, I offer you love, light, and laughter. Jason Chapman is my special guest, Exxon Nation. His uh, blog spot is angelcommittee.blogspot.co.uk. And he's also on Facebook and Amazon. All you have to do is just search his name on Amazon, Jason Chapman. Jason, um, as you and I were talking, a lot of people, including Buzz Aldrin, get us to a certain point where they want to say something, but they can't due to national security and due to their oaths and so on. Uh, A lot of respect for a lot of the astronauts, a lot of respect for a a number of people within the UFO community. And then there's the fringe dwellers, as I like to call them. I I call them the UFO evangelists. (laughs) I love that. Isn't that the truth? Isn't Uh, that the truth? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some really bizarre theories mm-hmm. out there, Rob. Um, it's important to keep your feet on the ground. Um, it certainly when is. When dealing with something uh, like UFOs. And, you know, when when you do dig deep, mm-hmm. and I have dug 
I have dug deep over the years. You do encounter some bizarre people. Um, I happen to know, I know what David Icke is supposed to be very big in Canada. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know whether he's uh, still big now, but I mean, there are theories like that. And, you know, what what he goes on about the royal family being... Um, reptilians. Not, uh, reptilian aliens, yeah. uh, which I think is, you know... Everyone's entitled to their opinion, yep. but I think it's one of the most ridiculous theories I've heard. Um, I'm going to I'm going to ch- I'm going to share a story with you and the Exxon Nation about David Ike. Okay. I I had made arrangements for David to be a guest on my show, and this is going back to 1998, I believe. Uh, we were broadcasting at the time from News Talk 610 CKDB in St. Catharines, Ontario, which was part of the Affinity Radio Network, and I received a call from the Niagara Regional Police asking oh, me really? asking me if David Ike was going to be in studio. And I said no, he wasn't. He was going to be on the telephone. And I was basically asked not to have him on the show. Right. Why do you think that was? Well, because he is very far-fetched at at times. And um what happened was I, I canceled because I, I figured, well, you know, if if they asked me to do this, there had to be a good reason. So I'm certainly not going to go against the local law enforcement agency. No, no, of course. Um, but there was an unmarked car parked in the back lot of the radio station from two hours before we went on air until two hours after we went off air. Well, you know what? I've got another interesting story for you, Rob. Sure. Back in the 90s, I used to run a, an organization called the UFO Investigation Bureau. Mm-hmm. And I used to, um, you know, put an advert out in a magazine over in the UK called the 14 Times. Oh, yeah, sure. And I used, I used to get all kinds of uh, people used to contact me. But there was one guy that um, contacted me and mm-hmm. said... The government, in regards to the UFO, uh, you know, the whole UFO movement is the powers that be would know the truth will have UFO investigators as um, classed in three, you know, different classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think class one is something like, you know, um, ignore because they're totally, you know, on the, the edges of um, fringe right. um, ufology. The second is of... Uh, stage two would be a person's of interest because, you know, they knows a bit, they knows about a bit, but, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're not too much of a threat. And um, stage three would be threat to national security because they've managed to get hold of some information regarding uh, UFOs, which could, you know, um, prove that there may be some kind of government uh, cover-up. And I think David Hike. Um, could be on, you know, the fringe because I've I've seen him lecture at the Oxford Union, um, and he put a lot of people to sleep that day. <laughs> you know. uh, another person who gets really really excited, and he did an interview last year on the BBC uh, during the Bilderberg conference, is Alex Jones. Uh, he tends oh, yeah. to scream his way through interviews sometimes. Yeah. 
and uh, you, 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 you can't understand a lot of what he's going on about, you know, and he's another, he's another, I, I do like him because he does, um, he does have a point about a lot of things, but he also, uh, like I said, he screams through um, TV interviews and radio interviews and it doesn't come off in a good light when you do that. No, it uh, doesn't. Uh, a, a person over in the UK that I have a lot of respect for is Nick Pope. I've had the pleasure oh, yes. of knowing Nick for several years now, and uh, you know he, he's a down-to-earth guy, and a guy like Nick Pope, you just have to respect. Um, another one is Philip Mandel. You know, Philip yeah, and I, I go back Phil way many uh, years. Phil, yeah, Philip's just um, written me a forward for the Angel Committee, which I'm going to re-release, and Nick Pope's kindly written me a forward for the next yeah. book. So, you know. Um, what is your what is your take on crop circles? Oh, crop circles. That's mm-hmm. an interesting one. Um, as far as crop circles are concerned, I, I have no opinion, really, um, because I've never really um, looked into them. I see. Um, they are interesting. They are very interesting. Some of them are, but um, as many people know, a lot of them, um, a lot of them are hoax. Yes. But there have been, particularly in the early nineties um, in England, there were a lot of crop circles back then, and they were um, attracting a lot of attention from the media and UFO investigators. And there are a lot of people still investigating, but a lot of times it's just students uh, having they, fun. They, Kind of a kind of an art form, yeah. now, isn't it? Uh, some of them are absolutely spectacular crop circles um, I've seen on the net, uh, net there. Mm-hmm. But you know, with the internet, you don't know what to trust and what not to trust. Um, well, my favorite thing about the internet is it's the biggest septic tank that man has ever created. Uh, you are probably right, Rob, because I think in many aspects mm-hmm. it's done the UFO culture more harm than good. Yes. Um, I mean, getting back to the the fringe, sure. the fringe movement, um, they they have dominated the internet uh, over the last twenty years, and there are people that have got uh, masses of followers, um, and the you know the internet sometimes is a is a place for people who want something to believe in, and are willing to believe anything yeah. and follow anyone. Uh, which is why, you know, the likes of David Icke has got such a following, you know. Um, everyone, you know, the, the UFO culture mm-hmm. over the last 20 years, I think, has been slowly um, eroded away. Perhaps that's part of the cover-up, you know. I mean, the, the powers that be thinking, wow, the Internet, it's uh, it's really good. It's really good to have the Internet mm-hmm. because... The truth gets buried even more under millions of websites, blogs, Facebook pages, and Twitter pages, and other social media. Tell, tell me, in your in your opinion, or in any of the research that you've conducted over the years, have you found a link between UFO sightings in the UK and Stonehenge? Um, there have been um, a few sightings over mm-hmm. Stonehenge. Uh, whether they're not, whether, you know, they are actual real, uh, real sightings, um, I don't know. But there's a town in um, down that way called Warminster, 
which a very good friend of mine, Kevin Goodman, who's another uh, UFO investigator, has been researching for years. And there seems to be a lot of activity uh, down that way. And I think there's a major conference here next year celebrating um, 50 years of Warminster because there's been a number of sightings. Um, there are also ley lines uh, down in Warminster um, and going through Stonehenge. And, mm-hmm. of course, as you know, UFOs have been um, um, linked with ley lines. Um, I... As far as Stonehenge is concerned, I couldn't, um, I haven't found any link between Stonehenge and UFOs. But there are, you know, there are people who believe that Stonehenge is just an, um, a, a a part of things like uh, the pyramids and the Nazca lines and Easter Island and other ancient monuments, which. Um, have been linked to um, possible extraterrestrial activity in our past. What do you think is the, m- the most compelling evidence that you have come across that UFOs are real? Um, I think, again, back in the 90s, uh, this is before Dr. David Clark uh, managed to get the government to declassify um uh, the Flying Saucer Working Party in the mm-hmm. Churchill memo uh, he wrote in 52. I encountered a, a, a man who claimed that um, Churchill was very interested in the, the subject back in the 50s and there was a group running. So I knew about the Flying Saucer Working Party before it was declassified. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just proving it. A lot of a lot of uh, material involving um, UFOs is all about being able to prove that it's real. Um, but it's not a case of um, whether I've come across information um, to point to whether it's real. It, it's all about the belief system. You know, I believe there is an ongoing cover-up. And I'm one of those people that don't need hard evidence to right. um, back it up. You know, I, I, I'm a believer. I'm glad you're with us, Jason. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Please stand by. Exonation, our guest this hour is Jason Chapman. Here's his information. His uh, blog spot is angelcommittee.blogspot.co.uk. He's on Facebook as well as Amazon, all you have to do is just search it and put his name in the search line as Jason Chapman. It's that simple. And Jason and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue our investigation into the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology from our broadcast center here in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send us an email, always glad to hear from you, the members of the Worldwide Exonation. Exone at XZoneRadioTV.com. And a couple of things. The new Exone store is open at www.thexzonestore.com. We'll be back on the other side of the news. Don't go away.
My name is Rob McConnell, and I would like to tell you about a very special lady that I have the pleasure of knowing, and that's Miss Sylvia Anthony. Sylvia Anthony believes the golden years are a time to gear up and get busy, not relax and take it easy. She has faced many hardships in her 84 years, but they have made her stronger and more determined. As founder and president of Sylvia's Haven, a shelter for women and their children near Boston, Sylvia has helped transform over 1,086 lives in the past 27 years, not only with housing, but also providing direction as to where they can go to develop the earning skills they want and need to live free from difficult domestic situations. Sylvia's Haven is everything to Sylvia Anthony, even calling it her magnificent obsession. Women who qualify for the program at Sylvia's Haven receive assistance via guidance counselors to find the appropriate job opportunity. Women and their children may remain at the housing for up to two years. At the end of this time, or sooner, a woman who is successfully employed and has an apartment or home may leave Sylvia's Haven to begin a new and independent life. Now this is where you come in to help make Sylvia's dream into a reality. Sylvia's dream is to have a Sylvia's Haven in every state to help as many women and their children as she can and to help this dream come true. A crowdfunding site has been established which can be accessed at www.sylviasdream.org. Now that's www.sylviasdream.org. With your financial help and support, Sylvia Anthony will continue to help those in their time of need, not only in the Boston area, but with her dream of having a Sylvia's Haven in every state of the United States. Your help is needed to make Sylvia's dream come true. Please visit and give at www.sylviasdream.org. Once again, www.sylviasdream.org. And remember, the only difference between a dream and reality is just doing it. We need your help to make Sylvia's dream come true. Visit www.sylviasdream.org. Once again, www.sylviasdream.org. For the Exxon Radio TV show and the X Chronicles newspaper, I am Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back, everyone. Jason Chapman is my guest. Um, angelcommittee.blogspot.co.uk. He's on Facebook as well as Amazon. Um, why do you believe there's life elsewhere in the universe, Jason? Um, well... The power of um, the last 20 years in 1993, mm -hmm. um, up until up until 1993, the scientific community was very against was against the idea of suggesting that there could be other planets outside our solar system. 
it was up to maverick scientists like Carl Sagan and R.C. Clarke yeah. and Stephen Hawking um, to, to lead the way in saying, yes, there is other planets out there. And in 1993, when they discovered Pegasus B-53, um, it opened up a whole new um, idea for me that now what we know, there are actual planets outside our solar system. It's not much of a leap of faith mm -hmm. to believe that there is probably life on a good many of them planets. I mean, last year, even NASA have said that every star you see in the night sky could well have a planetary system around it. And there are like three or four hundred billion stars in our galaxy alone. Um, phew, that That's potential. Sure is. Tens billions of life supporting planets you know it, it's no longer a question of you know belief it's a question of you know there is you know but i think the question where everyone asks well if there is life out there mm -hmm. where is everybody but i don't think a lot of people who ask that question don't know how big space actually is you know um it is very big and it's just a way it's just a case of us finding how to navigate that space in a short um, space of time and be able to go there and back in a lifetime or, you know, like the Star Trek Enterprise does on uh, sure. Star Trek, you know. But, um, but you yeah. know what? I, I, I find it rather funny that everyone who wants to believe that there is life on other planets, and I agree with you, the, the, the statistics alone assure you that there is life on other planets. However, however, how do we know the life that we are expecting to exist there really does? For example, we're a carbon-based unit, maybe on some other planets. It's a silicone-based unit. So we could actually have visitors here on this planet without even knowing it because we're not looking for uh, a different species. We're looking for people who look like us or the... Um, or the or the greys or whatever. Yeah, there, there are a lot of, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of these UFO um, alien encounter stories do have, most of them are consistent with the greys and, you know, you've got, you know, humanoid looking aliens. Right. Um, physics in this part of the galaxy may be totally different from physics in another part of the galaxy. I mean... It doesn't matter if it's um, a blob of jelly crawling around on a surface. It's still life to me, you sure. know, uh, of a of a you know barren terrain somewhere. Um, yeah, everyone is. I suppose science fiction over the years have helped us build our expectations of what life could look like outside our solar system. You know, um, everyone's expecting perhaps is. You know, the Klingon Empire out there somewhere, right. or the Romulans, or, mm -hmm. you know, some other humanoid-based life form. Um, and it could be totally different. I mean, we've got to remember there are billions of galaxies, other galaxies out yeah. there, uh, which could sustain a life form that we couldn't possibly imagine, you know, whether it's, you know, organic or silicone-based, as you just mentioned, or... Uh, pure energy, you mm -hmm. know. How do we define life? We've only got um, this planet to compare with. We haven't got any other planets yet. Uh, even though we know there are other planets out there, we, we don't know, you know, 
what kind of life exists out there. Take me back to 1947, Roswell, New Mexico, as you see it. What happened? <sighs> Roswell, New Mexico, something did crash. Mm -hmm. um, since 1947, there's been a, a, a mountain of speculation which has uh, uh, buried the truth. But the fact what the U.S. military issued that first press release stating that they had a flying disc is, you know, the, usually the first response is usually the true response. Uh, we're talking about trained military observers here, well, you know, high-ranking military personnel mm -hmm. who would know the difference between a downed aircraft and something else. So the fact that that newspaper article came out within hours of whatever it was that crashed um, is definite indication to me that whatever crashed at Roswell was something so unusual, you know, it it wasn't yeah. anything what they'd encountered before. It wasn't Russian and it wasn't German, you know. There are so many theories. And then you've had other personnel like Jesse Marcel what, came forward in the 1970s to say what, you know, it wasn't um, a weather balloon would come down. But you and see, then, I, I, I don't want to, you know, you'll have to excuse me for interrupting here. But when it comes to Jesse Marcel, I don't give him any credibility whatsoever. And I'm going to tell you why. He, right. was the, okay. he, he was the base intelligence officer. He goes out to Brazel's farm, finds all this debris that he can't identify. He puts it into his vehicle, and instead of doing the professional, the absolute necessary point of bringing the debris from the ranch directly to the airbase and maintain the chain of custody, what does he do? He goes home, wakes up his wife, and wakes up his kid and lets them manipulate the evidence. Uh, that's, a good, that's a good point you raised there. Yeah, that um, and that alone, in my opinion, as a former cop, blows that case wide apart. I'm sorry. Scrap it. You think Roswell, uh, nothing crashed there? Something did crash. Something but, did crash. But, but not extraterrestrial. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Because we're, oh, looking, we're looking at the end of World War II. We know that Fugos that were launched from Japan into the, into the jet stream had made their way several times over into the U.S. In fact, there were people that were killed in, I believe it was the Washington State, by the incendiary devices that these Fugos dropped. Right. So that could be one possibility. Project Mogul is another possibility. And people like uh, Kevin Randall and some other Roswell investigators are changing what they thought to be a UFO crash and are now re-examining the Mogul possibility. Project Mogul was to, um, a project uh, which monitored nuclear um, detonations. In High altitude, that's right. Yeah. Um, but didn't the Soviets not detonate their first bomb until 1949? 
that's when they first detonated their first atomic bomb. I, I believe that Project Mogul was a, a preventative measure. After all, the Americans had dropped the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki by this point. Yeah. The planes that took off to do the bombings, didn't they, didn't they leave from Roswell? Yeah, well, that was the first, um, the, the first nuclear yeah. uh, air force, you know, the first yep. response nuclear tactical um, bomber. So it, it would only make sense to me that if I could create a nuclear weapon, that I want to, I'd want to make sure that my adversaries weren't trying as well. So that's another possibility. Um, like I said, the biggest bone of contention I have with the entire Roswell case or mystery or whatever you want to call it is the fact that Jesse Marcel, who was supposed to be the base intelligence officer, broke the chain of custody with the evidence. Once you do that, that case is no longer valid. Why did he think that this was extraterrestrial. Nobody knows. No. Nobody knows. Nobody, you see, nobody ever decided to ask hard questions. No one. Like, no. I've, I've spoken to Stanton Friedman. I've spoken to Kevin Randall, uh, Schmidt. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Have you spoken to William Moore? Because he was the uh, one of the key authors in the Roswell incident in, um, when he brought the book out in 1980, was it? I, I, to be honest with you, to, to be honest with you, I'd have to check her guest list. Yeah. You know, and then you had it's, the alien autopsy film. Oh, that uh, was you know, that so, was. You know, when I first watched that, you know, I I thought you straight away that's mm-hmm. going to be that's fake. Yeah. I mean, Ray Santilli, who released that film, was just out to fool everyone anyway and make a ton of money. From that's it. exactly and, it. Follow the money. That's all you have to do, no matter what it is in life that you question. Just follow the money. And uh, Jesse Marcel make a lot of money out of the Roswell. Case? I I, I I don't know, but I know Stanton Friedman is getting his uh, fifth more than his fifteen minutes of, of fame, and you know he had a heart attack a couple of weeks ago, and I, I hope that yeah, he's that. he's doing well. Um, but when it comes to asking questions, direct questions, everybody seems to back away. And when I speak to the other investigators and researchers about the fact of breaking the chain of evidence and custody of the evidence, they say, well, gee, we never thought of that. Why not? Yeah, well, hard questions need to be asked. I mean, some people do readily believe, you know, without mm-hmm. just on hearsay. And um, the, the Roswell story is one of those. Um, what you said about Jesse Marcel um, uh, breaking protocol—it's—it's it's very valid. You know, you—you you just give me th- food for thought. Yeah. You know, I—I I think people, a lot of people out there, romanticize about Roswell, thinking, mm-hmm. "Oh, wouldn't it be nice if an alien spacecraft crashed?" And you know. Um, I'm I'm doing it myself. Sure. Um, Tales from Majestic, my short story series, is based in the wake of the Roswell incident and, and follows, you know, the the months and years mm-hmm. after that, you know, and 
yeah, I, I, I guess I'm no different um, from from any other writer out there. Um, I've been criticised for what I'm doing um, as sort of like trying to steer away from the truth. But I, I don't think never, that I don't think that anybody should should um, should fault anyone for the way they perceive an event. This is what makes us all so unique. This is what gives us the power of if. What if you're right and what if I'm wrong? You know? Yeah. But. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're absolutely mm -hmm. right, Rob. I mean, you know, it's all about the powers of belief. That's right. And that Um, is the strongest power in the universe. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, You know, Roswell, what's your take on Rendlesham Forest? Do you think that something did crash? Uh, or landed at Roswell? At, at Ra- Roswell or Rendlesham? Uh, at Rendlesham, sorry. Well, once again, you're talking military, you're talking nuclear arsenals, you're talking yeah. high-risk areas, top security areas. Um, was it, uh, what was it, was it a, a craft from another country? Was it a reconnaissance craft? Was it a UFO Unidentified flying object. I don't know. I, I don't know. That 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 one has quite a few questions that I can't answer. <coughs> you know the the problem with some of these these cases now, mm-hmm. Roswell and Rendlesham, is they happened so long ago. Yeah. And why aren't nothing, they happening still? Nothing new is happening. I I suppose that's that that's what's wrong with the the UF the UFO culture. I mean, there are so many people. Yeah who believe, but are disappointed at the fact that nothing is happening. But you see, it's just not the UFO community. I see the same thing in, 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 in people who investigate Bigfoot, the people who investigate ghosts, hauntings, unsolved mysteries, Oak Island, the pyramids, Atlantis, the Bermuda Triangle. Nothing new in 23 years of me doing this show. And it's a bit of coincidence that um, it's started, that, um, things have started to go in, uh, downhill since the um, birth of the internet. Yeah. Because um, what did you uh, just refer, what do you refer to the, inter, uh, the, the internet? The septic as? tank, the world's largest septic tank that man has ever created. Yeah. And you have got loads of people mm-hmm. with wooden spoons stirring that septic tank. <laughs> Not to mention dipping it in and tasting what's inside. Oh, that's a horrible thought. It, you know, when you when you do when you investigate something like UFOs or mm-hmm. any other paranormal event, you do tend to uh, believe your own believe your own stuff sometimes. You know? Well, I've got to, I've got to tell you this. We've got to also take our break very shortly. I want to believe. I want to believe. However, I want the evidence to to fulfill my need in order before in order for me to believe stand by jason you and i have to take our final break for this hour exo nation our special guest all the way from south wales tonight is jason chapman all you have to do is google him jason chapman is the name he's on let me see facebook he's got a blogspot angelcommittee.blogspot.co.uk and on amazon We'll be back on the other side of this short commercial break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
With each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance, sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag. Both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com and author-signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com. That's www.whentechfails.com and www.mattstein.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Exonation, uh, Jason Chapman is my guest. If you'd like to join him on Facebook, the dot angel dot committee is the Facebook handle. He's got a great blog spot, angelcommittee.blogspot.co.uk. And uh, on Amazon, just enter his name in the search engine and le voila, you will have Jason Chapman. Jason, great having you with us. Thank you very much for getting up so early in the morning to share this hour with us here in the Exxon. My pleasure, Rob. You know, there there are so many mysteries out there. So many. This world is in a in a basic state of of chaos these days. Um, people are being inundated with data at a at a speed that has never been experienced by humans before. Well, not that we know of, anyway. Um, so the the information is there, and I th- I think that one of the problems that we're having is. Th- is the condition of the world and and the the aspect of extraterrestrials those who were with us in the ancient times those that we refer to as the ancient gods or the angels or the prophets or the philosophers that gives us hope for a brighter tomorrow and i can't fault anybody for that i really can't 
It's, it's when the people don't take the feelings, the respect, and the humanity and, and just destroy a person or what they believe in. That upsets me. Yeah, well, there's a lot, there's a lot yeah. of people out there who want to shatter everyone's faith. I mean, come on, let's face it. I mean, the UFO culture over mm-hmm. the years is just taking a constant battering from people who just, you know, anyone who believes in UFOs uh, uh, is ridiculous. Well, I, I'm uh, sure you've heard of MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. I have, yes. Okay. Yes. One of their directors, and I'm not going to name him, he's the director of the state of Pennsylvania, MUFON. When Malaysian Airlines flight MH370 went missing, he issued a press release that the aliens had abducted the entire aircraft. Yeah, uh, that's why people take the mick out of people who believe in UFOs, because if anything strange happens, Mm -hmm. blame the aliens. Yeah. You know, Uh, I... No one knows what happened to the missing flight. I wouldn't dare come up with a theory like that. I mean, it obviously went down somewhere. But I think it's going to be one of the great mysteries of the early 21st century. Another Amelia Earhart. Well, perhaps after filming another season of Lost, I don't know. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That was a bad joke. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know what? Sometimes we have to say bad jokes in order to to break the seriousness of the situation. We're talking about, what, nearly 300 souls on board that yeah, plane. And, yeah. and my heart bleeds for the, for the family members and their, their friends who haven't received any closure yet. No, they deserve an explanation. That's um, true, they do. You know, there is some kind of mystery um, when you think about it, mm-hmm. where it just vanished off the, the radar. Yeah. Uh, and... Then you've got the media who do nothing but speculate. Sometimes the media are worse than the media. Oh, hey, listen, the, the new creed in the media is if it don't bleed, it don't lead. Yeah, the, the media are worse than some of the most outlandish conspiracy theorists. I that mean, is true. Half the time it's, it's the media what's fuel the conspiracy theories. Well, my friend, you and I have to say so long for tonight. I want to thank you once again, Jason. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. I wish you every success in the world. And I look it's forward to pleasure, I look forward to the next time you join us back here in the X Zone. Don't be a stranger. Okay. See you next time. Take care of yourself, my new friend. Exo Nation, yeah. Jason Chapman has been my guest this hour. He's in South Wales in the United Kingdom. Uh, angelcommittee.blogspot.co.uk on Facebook, the.angel.committee, and on Amazon, just search his name, Jason Chapman in the search engine. I'll be back on the other side of this news break at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away.